Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, with this week's Outstanding Life Podcast. I am so excited to bring you part two with Steve and Justin Perkins from Cruise and Sports. I sat down with Steve and asked him, Steve, were you always a leader? I think I was last born to be one, you know? Um, and I'm not saying that from a brag aspect. No, absolutely I was, not. I was a leader as a little kid in, in all these, you know, different places we lived. I went there and... and uh you know, I kind of just, I took charge of a lot of stuff. And I think the reason why, because my dad, I watched my dad, you know, growing up, and, and he was always, you know, um, being promoted the way he was in the management positions that he's in. Even though it was lower level, it was a lot to me. You know, I looked at him like he was, you know, running the show. Right. So being a born leader, I'll, I'll give you an example of something, though. My, um, there's a book right over there about it. My uh, great-great-uncle, uh, was one of the original Texas Rangers. Really? And his brother was as well, which would be my great uncle. Yeah. Uh, they were both named Perkins, and my dad was named after one of them. And um, he was, no sooner was put into the Texas Rangers that he was made a sergeant of his company in Texas Rangers protecting the border uh, wow. on, on, out in El Paso. And um, his brother was killed out there serving as a Texas Ranger. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so when I look at him and read about his life and then look at my grandfather, who my dad's dad, who we're sitting there looking at right now at the roll-top desk, yeah. he went to work at Richard's Equipment Company in Waco, and he didn't work there any longer than, than three years at, from the age of 22 he started. And the next thing you know, he's, he's a manager. Next thing you know, he's this. Next thing you know, he's general manager. He's general manager, 30 years old, Wake of Richard's Equipment Company, which was a big company. Right. And he was there till the day he died. And um, so – you know, I guess I guess you could say born leadership. Justin's a born leader, right? I mean, I know he is. He's not. He's not a learned leader. He's a born leader. Justin, have you always been affiliated with this business, or were you the kind of kid that says, "You know what? I don't want nothing to do with the business. I'm going to go and do my own thing." Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, and, um, just because growing up, you know, I, I did see the the hardships of of running a business, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's not. It's not for everybody. Um, uh, I also rode around with uh, with my dad in the summertime, selling souvenirs, slinging t-shirts. At, uh, <laughs> so you've done at, it too at, at the truck races. I started that when I was probably thirteen years old, something like that. I could barely see over the counter uh, to help customers, and my dad always tells the story. I would I would anticipate what they would say. I would be, I would watch their eyeballs because I was about <laughs> eye level, so the trailer sits you know, two feet higher than, than everybody else does. So my, I was two feet shorter than everybody else because I was 13 years old, but I was eye level. So I could track their eyes and figure out where they were looking. So I'd kind of anticipate. And then by the time they said, they were, by the time they said what t-shirt they wanted or what, you know, knife or anything, I had it already on the counter for them. Wow. And I yeah. was right there. And so it was, I was all about the speed well, aspect. One of the, yeah, one of the, and to Justin's point, it was, <laughs> it was funny because I sit there watching one time and this guy's going, his eyes are tracking through the knives. You know, we had all these pocket knives. It just sitting there with his hand underneath. The guy can't see right here. His glass case, but they've got an edge, you know, um, frame. And so his hand's right there, and I'm watching. <laughs> He's like a rattlesnake. Man. <laughs> like, you know, the dude's looking at the guy. goes, I'll take that number six knife. And Justin's already had snatched in his hand <laughs> you know, by the time the guy said it. Yeah, so, I don't, I don't he was to, actually younger than that then. I don't, I don't want to let him think about it. But, um, but no, I, I, I uh, ended up going to college, University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and um, got a finance and accounting background. Um, and, and I ended up working for um, – for Hospital Corporation of America. Yeah, I remember something now. I told you, I said, when oh, you get out of college, don't you think you're going to yeah, work for me? Yeah, well, he didn't want me to work for him anyways. Really? And, and I really... No, I told him you need to go out and learn from other people well, first. And, and we'll, See how the world acts. Right. <laughs> and so I I got a pretty big corporate job. Um, you know, I, I was working for the largest corporate, uh, hospital corporation in America. I mean, largest for-profit hospital. Right. Um, and um, I first started at uh, Health Trust Purchasing Group, and then um, and was promoted twice, and then moved over to, and this is all in within a, a year period, a year or two year period, and then moved over to HCA with another promotion, and then promoted again after that. Um, so I was promoted four times within a three year period, um, and then 
but I just I just started going down, and I know you just referenced it early in this podcast. I started going down a path that I was like, hmm, this path isn't necessarily leading the, the direction I wanted was originally thinking because right. I was going down like a technology like a technology path, and I was like, eh, I'm gonna get too far under, too big for my bridges here in a little <laughs> bit, and people are gonna start calling me out on actually I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. So because yeah, he told he's like, he, I said, what are you doing over there? He starts talking all this around, writing this code, talking about. It. I'm like, what the hell? You didn't go to college. Before, <laughs> yeah, it's like, Are you a business major? I started realizing when I started getting on different projects, and I was on the largest uh, largest project there at the time, uh, which was building a, 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 a portal platform, and we'll, we won't talk about that anymore. But So one day I'd, I'd, I'd approached my parents with it, and I just shocked them, I mean, quite honestly, because I had a great job, yeah. and I was getting paid great. I was doing everything. I mean, there was nothing wrong with my job whatsoever, but I just wanted to change the path. And Were you nervous? Um, a I little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I yeah, went I to their house. He comes out. He says, "I got something to talk to well, you." No, about. no. So, here, so my, my, I'm world famous for, I guess, according to my mother, um, is I'll go well, and as soon as I say that, she knows something. Like, oh, there's crap. something up. <laughs> there's either something. Typically, it's not a good thing. And um, so we I go. Do, he's well, never been arrested, so I wasn't worried. About yeah, that. I was standing in their uh, in their office at their house at the time, and so we were sitting there. And I said, I, I, I I'm considering coming to Cruise of Sports if you if you guys will have me. Well, they they didn't want. I mean, they were like, oh no, wait, 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 no, hold on, you know, wait. <laughs> And so I think I went and laid down on the couch uh, for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you understand what you're getting yourself into? I'm like, I, I mean, I've been around this business for quite some time now. Um, and um, so I actually had to formally interview. I had to interview for it. They didn't take me on just because I, I had to interview. They sat me down. I interviewed for it, what, what my plan was, what, you know, where I wanted to see cruising sports in the future and, um, and, uh, we laid it out. I, I guess I did a good enough job where they hired me. Um, and what's funny, we brought up the catfish and the catfish story and the food story to kind of come full circle is, you know, ever since I've been here, um, you know, Steve's been here every day. And then, um, eventually it was just maybe three times a week, then two times. So I, I felt like I was earning more and more of his trust. Right. Because this is his his company. Yeah. It's not my company. It's his company. Um, and my, my mom would say, and it's her company Absolutely, too. yeah. Um, and, and, and it is. And, um, but the, so, but he's never really brought up anything that he's like fear, you know, he, he's worried about me running in or anything like that. But the one thing he has brought up is catfish. <laughs> It's like, son, I don't know what you're going to do when I'm gone. You better, you know, because, I mean, I can cook. I'm a great cook, but I'm a great instruction follower right, when it comes right. to cooking. I'm yeah. not necessarily. You can YouTube it, right? I can. I'm I mean, great you know, at you're reading. you all your employees. I'm, I'm, great, I'm great at reading uh, ingredients and reading instructions and making something. But when it comes to making up certain concoctions that he does uh, from his uh, his batter and everything else or his catfish, he's like, son, I don't know. You might have to get a catered or something to <laughs> keep your employees. Always happy. Justin, what's one thing that you have learned from your father that you would have never thought you would have learned from your dad? Man, to just limit to one thing. Um, well, you know, I, when he was describing what he learned from his dad, I feel like I learned, I, I was looking at him and thinking the same thing about yeah. him. You know, a man of integrity. One thing he told me is, a man is only as good as his word, and that stuck with me for for quite a bit. And the other thing is, yesterday's home run doesn't count in today's ball game. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's a different meaning, and uh, that takes no. time to ex- that ha- takes time to explain. Well, uh, right, but but, but, I, I, but what, what 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 I thought of you can't win a race in the first lap, but you can lose one. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And and um, it's just a different mindset, business uh, fundamentals, and 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 I'm I'm picking his brain, and I enjoy it, and he's definitely always willing to tell me you know, what his thoughts and feelings are about certain aspects and things. Sometimes he doesn't like to listen anymore. And sometimes I don't like to listen. Sometimes I'm all ears, you And know? then sometimes he probably doesn't want to listen to you either, it, right? Oh, well, yeah, you have a great I, idea. It, a, but what's one mistake that you have made in business that you wish you could go back and change or maybe got great advice or listened to somebody that actually gave you the advice to fix it, but you didn't listen? You really want to know that? I just thought it was a great question. Well, it is, but uh, <laughs> maybe it may hurt, may hurt feelings. I don't know. Though the 
If you're talking about a serious business question. Yeah. Because <clears throat> there's I'm, a lot of business people. this is people. tough to say, but yeah. uh, in today's world, small business, I was, taught, I was told this by a guy when I started. So I'll give you a piece of advice. Try to avoid giving raises and try to avoid offer ever or don't ever offer health insurance. Sad to say, because mm-hmm. I don't believe in those rules, and I didn't believe in them then, so we do it. Right. Yeah. But we're faced with a challenge uh, today, and all small business people are, and that's the health insurance world. But it's not just us. It's every small yeah. business in the country, you know, that's faced with these problems, and premiums are going up every year, sometimes double. Right. And so, you know, it's just it, our business doesn't go up just because premiums go up. You know, we're just yeah. not bringing in the extra. We can't just turn a switch. So, okay, bring us in another 100000 Bring us in another 50000 right. whatever the case may be. So that was advice that I didn't listen to that I should have listened to to a degree. Right. And maybe gone about it a little bit differently. What advice could you give somebody right now that's going through something or give them advice about business or getting involved in a business? What advice could you give somebody that's listening to this podcast and saying, man, that's great, but... They don't know what it's like to be me. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind on that would be um, would be that the path is not always going to be roses and dandelions. Yeah, you know, and and just a pretty path, and it'll be, you know, there's a, there's a lot of um, biblical. Uh, references you can make there there's a lot you know it's it's explained in life in general you know and 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 i i have friends of mine that are trying to start their own business that are struggling dearly right about it and that you know a lot of people think and tell you hey that's a good idea you should start a business and then or hey you know you you cook call, really good i call those another good you idea know, gone you, bad yeah right. you you cook really good you should open up a restaurant you right. know i'd buy your food well that doesn't that really doesn't mean anything um i think you know if you ultimately you know i think it it takes a lot of perseverance and blood sweat and tears i mean i you know unfortunately i can't you know, I would have to turn to my father for for probably more advice about that because he, I mean, he literally built this business, and I'm 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 my my job is to continue the growth pattern, right? Um, and continue building additional opportunities on top of something that he laid the foundation for. What advice could you give a person that wants to get into business, or sure. just a good piece that of I advice? Think I could be better at, <laughs> or, hate, or or just in general, negative stuff. Well, the 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 idea of going into a business is first of all um, isn't just always about capital of money; it's about staying out of debt. And you know, it's like uh, you're going to get some debt. You know, you're going to have to probably along the way, mm-hmm. but you can't put debt on top of debt on top of debt. And if you do get debt, you have to focus it on it. Not everything you run your own household, so it's not as easy as people. You'll think it is to just start up a business and all this business comes to you and you just buy more equipment, buy more of this, buy more inventory. Um, you have to manage that closely. You have to do without a lot. You have to spend a lot of di- nights and days and weekends, miss a lot of activities at home, miss the kids' b- happy birthday parties, miss the kids' baseball games, yep. miss this, miss that. You have to. Uh, I mean, people say, well, I just can't miss that or my wife ain't going to allow me to miss it or my husband. You know what? Then you don't need to be in business. I mean, plain and simple, you don't. If you can't stay gone, you can't stay gone weekends, you can't stay, you know, in my case, I was literally traveling, you know, race to race to race every weekend, work in the trailers, drive back home, work here, drive back to a race, going, driving all night. Right. I mean, breaking every truck driving law you could in the book, you know. Right. I mean, no such thing as, is, is, you know, I mean, if I got, I was running two or three log books, you know, I mean, I just tell you the truth. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'd bypass scales even if they were open. I just drive <laughs> on by. And meanwhile, my mother was very, very sick with cancer. Right. So that's one thing we did leave out to his, yes, what Justin said. When I was, you talk about coming up with the company name. Um, I quit on Friday. We come up with the company name. And my wife was diagnosed with chronic myositic leukemia on Monday. Oh, so, you know, we want to get to the real story. We t- we said some funny stuff earlier, yeah. whatever things went. But the real story of perseverance and building a company from nothing is what we did and while Tammy was at the Meanwhile, your was wife is potentially dying. I right. mean, they they gave her um, 12 months, roughly, to 18, 16 months to live without a bone marrow transplant. 
So fortunately, we she had one, and that was with one of her sisters. Point is, though, she had to go to Seattle, Washington, do all this kind of thing. And, and so I was without her, starting a brand-new business from scratch, have two little kids at home, and manage to raise them, keep working, keep doing your thing. Point of that being is this, is what I said earlier. To, to For people who say, I can't, I want to start a business, but I can't afford to be off. Or, well, then you don't need to be in the business. Right. Because I, I personally, not taking, not bragging, I personally proved that you can you you can be away. You can still survive. You'll miss your kids' games, but you'll make it up down the road. Amen, with brother. Your successes. You I know? did the same thing. I mean, you know that yeah. for the last twenty years, I've yeah. been on the road, and yeah. I believe that I did the best I could. Yep. And my daughter, I told you a story. Yep. I'm not going to get into it, but but she realizes it's hard work. And you know what? Now she works her butt off because right. she sees so what they, hard work does. So so often is this that people start out and they do good, then they get tired. Or they can't understand why, you know, I can't have a weekend off, or right. why I've got I need to hire somebody else because I need to take a day off. Yeah, you know, no, you don't. You need to keep working. That's right. Because you you'll you'll eventually earn your way there. You'll be surprised if you'll just put the time in, you know, for five years, six years, ten years. In my case, we're twenty five year old company now. Yeah, you know, the those first twelve or fifteen was every day of my life, seven days a week. Right. You know, and and uh, a holiday there wasn't any such thing. Everybody, my friends are having barbecues, cookouts for July 4th. I was at some racetrack somewhere. Right. You know, sweating my, sweating my, sweating. Well, I had a pool at home, by the, too, by the way. <laughs> right. You know, that I wouldn't enjoy it. So, and, you know, it's nothing to drive all night long to get home, to brush my teeth here at the office, to work all day, to leave that very night, to turn around and leave, just so I could be back here, drive 300 miles out of my way, you know, just to get here, to work, to drive 300 miles back to where I could have been, before I started, still got three hundred more to go. That's awesome, you know. Yeah. So, so perseverance. Dedication. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of takeaways from that, but um, that to me is a whole other subject, whole other day. But I'm just curious though, because technology has changed, mm-hmm. and this business has changed, and you have a young son that is bringing that new technology in. That's true, Justin. Is it is it is it kind of fun sometimes to 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 um, say, Dad, we got to do this, and he looks at you like what? the heck are you talking about i don't know what your definition of fun is but i don't know if if we have the same definition of fun now it's a lot of uh trying to sell him on the idea and uh you know so 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 do you have a technique now that i know i know your dad's sitting here with us right now but do you have a technique of how to deal with your father I think he's pretty straightforward. I, yeah, I, I don't. I'm I'm a kind of guy that's not just gonna. I'm just gonna tell you how it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's no. I guess that's what my well is for to prepare somebody. Here it comes, you know, because you know I'm I have to deliver bad news. I I love delivering great news. Right. Though. I mean, that's my favorite thing to do. Obviously, just like everybody else. But um, no. I mean, I'm just I'd say this is what we need. This is what we need. This is why we need it. Yep. And then it's up to him to kind of digest it or to understand it. And if we're not on the same page at the time, I'm like, okay, we'll re- we'll come back at this a little later. You know, if it's <laughs> well, you like- know, you look at this though, is you, where he brings something to me like that. We do discuss it. And I do. I sit and usually yeah. just you know hear it out. Held- But then I want to know, you know, okay, what's what's the benefit? What's the cost? Right. Yeah. Is, that, is there a what's value the return? In that? You know, what's your ROI on 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 your investment here? You know, and is it going to bring additional customer, additional revenue? Is it going to make customer satisfaction level I mean, from ninety to ninety three percent? And what is that your return? You know, and you know, is it cutting your costs? You know, there's all these factors going into right. play and making those types of decisions. And um, I think you know, you'd have to agree, though. I, I, I've been I've been very open, very absolutely, very motivated to to changing and doing things. Absolutely, yeah. I, I told him the other day that we needed us we needed certain things in our business coming in 2020, and uh, you know, and he, but he's not just going to say yes, you know, right. and just you like have to any, prove it to him, just like, like anybody me. shouldn't, right. you know, anybody that's running a business shouldn't just say yes to something, you know, and uh, here's a great idea. Okay, let's do it. You know, no, you need to tell me why it's a great idea, right. how it's going to affect me, how it's going to affect this business. Well, just, there needs to be a, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Justin, earlier, your dad said that he used to once in a while take out your, his dad's cars, your grandfather's cars, mm-hmm. and even wrecked one at times. Your dad, I know, has had nice cars around you a lot. Have you ever snuck out a car from your father's 
garage. Uh, it wasn't a nice car, but I <laughs> almost uh, <laughs> ran into a house, and uh, no, that's a no. No, go ahead with that. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, me, could, me, and my best friend wanted to play some basketball. Well, somebody's truck, uh, my dad's truck, was parked right underneath the basketball goal, and um, we were, you know, home. and yeah, they we were weren't out. home. Um, How old were you? Old enough to know better. Um, uh, no. Probably 13 or 14. No, okay. you were younger than that. I was. You couldn't hardly touch the pedals. That's where you lost the control. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I was a little younger. So what happened? So um, I, like told my, I told my best friend um, at the time um, to keep keep an eye on and tell me, you know, just give me the little <laughs> motion back. of, hey, you're good. back up, back up, keep it straight, keep it straight. Yeah. I get the keys to the pickup truck, start it off. I, see, I mean, I've ridden in the passenger seat of the truck for, you know, everybody has. You right. know, you've seen your parents drive for years, you know, and you're like, I could do this. And so... Well, I didn't know, though, certain gear ratios like reverse. Uh, you don't have to press the gas pedal in order to go um, to go backwards. And um, so I put it in reverse. I'm foot slammed onto the brake because I don't want it to move. Well, then I just automatically just move over to the gas pedal. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't take a lot of anybody that's driven in reverse knows you didn't take a lot of uh, throttle to make that thing get to moving. And so I had to start hauling butt going backwards and my best friend I almost killed my best friend let's just be honest I can almost kill him he has to jump out of the way into the bushes and I by the time I realized how far I've gone in our driveway is probably what what do you say 30 40 feet 50 feet longer than that probably 60 I mean it's probably 60 feet dry 60 foot driveway by the time I get the truck stopped, I'm almost in my across the street neighbor's front yard. He's already crossed the road. I've already crossed the road. Then he puts it back in gear. And thank goodness we're in the neighborhood. He drives back like, over the yard. Well, and I almost took out our mailbox too. I mean, it was a bunch of old most. So I'm like, oh crap! And my best friend gets up out of the bushes. I can see his head poking out. He's bald, bug-eyed, and like, what? What's going on? I'm like. All right, let's put it in drive. So I put it in drive. I'm like, well, I got to get it back in the driveway. So I press the gas pedal. Well, sure drives enough, through the yard, drives through the yard, <laughs> and I drive through the yard, and I come about, I would say, a foot to six inches away from the garage door. Um, at the time, I got it stuff. So my neighbor happened. My neighbor that I almost backed into the to the to the, to yard, the yard. Um, she comes <laughs> running out. And well, she at first now thought she goes. She was she watching for a horse. She goes, is Steve drunk? <laughs> driving all the yard yeah. back and forth, back and forth. And um, so, sure enough, she comes running over there, screaming, screaming, "What are you? What is going on? What is going on?" And I'm like, "I'm just trying." I guess I, I didn't know telling what I look like. I was probably white knuckled and white faced. Right. <laughs> And it's just like, I don't, I'm just trying to move to play basketball. And we just, you know, wanted to shoot some basketball. And uh, so the neighbor moves the truck, and I'm like, all right, well, maybe my parents won't find out. Well, the neighbor snitched. Oh. So, no, that's her duty to tell yeah, the parents. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So, so, Steve, how'd you handle that? Like, whatever. I've done enough trouble already. This is low as he can do. Did he wreck it? No, yeah. all right. He's good. He hey, my deal it. was going out and practice a power slide, man, out of the dirt field. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and, well, he's probably thinking. Lost control flip. He's over. probably thinking, man, 12 years old, he probably is not going to be a racer, actually, after all. He can't back up a truck out of the driveway. Now, have you guys worked on any vehicles together? Yeah, we worked a few. He had a he had a, he had a wild hair one time get himself a, a K five Blazer eighty one. So nice. he got online. He's looking around. All so right, next well, let me, let me tell you, this. committed to buy one, and it's up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. No, oh, Milwaukee, Indiana. Well, whatever. It's so you know, it's I all bought it off eBay. Bucket. So here's my other here's my other word of advice: Don't buy a car off eBay. <laughs> yeah, eBay, um, unless it's your neighbor's, you go look at. Yeah, it. Yeah, unless you can go actually look at it. He, so he tells me this. I'm like, Justin, I get it. I get it's a hell of a deal. Piece of crap, <laughs> rusted out car. And he goes, it's a good deal. Dad's only like eighteen hundred bucks. I said, yeah, but you is worth zero, man. I mean, there ain't nothing. Else. I said, I ain't seen it. But I can tell you, the body's not attached to it because you know. Because well, those old blazers were junk anyway. They right. just rusted out. I mean, they rusted out. You know, if you just had a little salt on the road. So this thing was rusted. No end. So we go up there again. We don't know what it we is. We don't know it's rusted out. So this guy meets us halfway. He's got a flatbed wrecker. Now I should have done something. The dude owned a towing company. <laughs> you know, he gets something he recycled. 
So this thing comes up just as we And listen, we did not have a flatbed wrecker <laughs> or just a trailer just or a car hauler or anything at the just time. Just so excited to get it. You know, I'm like, like, well, does it run? Oh, God, I'm not going to say nothing because I don't want to hurt his feelings anymore. Because, <laughs> you know, we we're buddies. You know, I just, it's like your friend. Yeah. You know, you want to tell him shit's bad, but you're just like, you know, <laughs> you, go, you, know you go, well, it might work he out. Might you know, run. You, we might be able to do something with this. I, you know, we can do a little weld and patch and we might be able to make it work. So, yeah, yeah. Try yeah. to find the positive. Yeah, I, I like to stay positive. Yeah. I hate, I hate, I hate the look at the you know, positive side of things. Just done yep. dead. I mean, is there a way to I'm, way to fix it? My dad was called the fixer for a reason, right? I and I, I never took him. I always fix stuff. You know, my job is to fix stuff, fix companies, fix broken parts, fix. You know, I remember when I was a kid. Well, wait, I'm sorry. Let's finish this other thing first. <laughs> so we get it home, and I don't want him driving. I'm like, oh, let me drive in case the body falls uh-huh. off. I drove it. So no, I drove it. Then you no, drove. because the brakes didn't work when I first tried to stop because okay. they weren't pumped up. Well, so we so we get it home, and I'm looking over and think, okay, well, you know, I'll give it a try. So I go and buy him this this uh, 400 cubic inch four bolt main block and get the set of heads for it. Build him a nice motor for it. Real wow, yeah, we worked on it. Put we it there. We it redid the transfer case. Yes, we worked on this together. We'd be down there. It's funny though. We saw a joke the other day on. Uh, Facebook about, you know, do you remember the day where you help your dad work on cars and you had to hold the flashlight? And all <laughs> right. he does is keep telling you, you know, you're not shining in the right place. You're not, put this thing over here. You don't know how to hold the flashlight. That so, was my job, flashlight holder. So his job, flashlight holder, you know what? I'm constantly yelling at him, but get it over here. You see where you shine it? That's not what I'm looking at. <laughs> So anyway, but no, we did work on it. Together. Yeah, we, we did. Fun. Did yeah. you finish it? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got it running. I yeah. mean, no, it had a beautiful, it had a big motor in it, a strong motor. We, did we transmission, put transmission, rear end, gears, everything it, in it. We put thirty-five inch tires on it with a, I think, a four inch. He got, lift he got excited. Couldn't wait to put it, do what he wanted to do with it, and tore it, run it all out in the mud, and the water, everything else. <laughs> he buried it all the way up the windshield right about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Flooded the motor. So we all got that was the all ending. Blew the it gaskets, sucked, blew it everything. Sucked everything no, I went to college afterwards. Sat here pretty much. It sat here. Finally, I called one of those places that uh, scrap metal, scrap metal benefit for kids. Yeah, or yeah. He said, know. "Come get it." Yes, we took the motor it. out of it. Took tires and wheels off of it. We nice. still have the motor sitting out here. Uh, yeah, I took the tires and wheels. So I'm gonna rebuild that motor again for the second time. Steve, what is one vehicle that you still want to get? '65 Chevrolet pickup. Why is that? Fleet side, short bed. Well, I just love the look of that truck where the where the, they had that call the custom. And so Billy, all the custom was was some trim, you know, right? Added yeah, to it. and uh, had the uh, turn signals, you know, in the hood, and they're they're concaved in, and um, I just love that truck. I love the the whole, the whole just the whole appearance where you get the right stance, and you get a nice uh, update suspension like yeah. we have today that you can buy. Uh, real cool, big motor in it. Do you have a, a pickup now? Because I know you have a, a a bunch of cars, but do you even have no, a pickup? No, I've got it. I've got. I know what I want though, and I know where it's at. So we're, <laughs> we're just waiting. You know, I've got so many irons in the fire with this new big shop out here, and I've already got a lot of cars. So there's a. Uh, I've got a matter of fact. You know, we got a '38 Chevrolet. I counted them the other day. I got nine collector cars. Okay. And then I've got two Corvettes. I got another Corvette on order, and I got two ZL1 Camaros and. And um, so I'm running out of space right here. <laughs> it's time to build again. Yeah, and you just added this yeah, up here. We built this building for a larger car shop and uh, a larger kitchen, so we so, cook for the employees. Start, and we just tried to had to figure out how to make money out of it, so we added so screen printing. Screen print shop extra on the side. So you, that that's about that is the truth. So you keep getting bigger and bigger. Do you have plans to keep getting bigger and bigger? Or you know what? This is all happening natural. We that, just that's it. another piece of advice I was going to give to everybody. You know, buy whole early earlier on. You know, from the sixth year I was in business till probably oh six years ago. Um, that's all that people come in. You got to you got to go and grow. You got to grow, grow, grow. You know, you got to keep up with everybody. You got to mm-hmm. add on. You got to grow. And I said, why why do you need to do that when you haven't done the best you best you can do yet with what you got? You right. haven't accomplished everything there is. It's right in front of you with who you're working with. So, you know, I ignored all that. And uh, you know what? It worked out absolutely great for us because we controlled our own destiny that way instead of others controlling ours. And by that I mean when you get 
too much on your plate, too many people to try to make happy, too many people to try to, uh, you know, to, 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 to play up to, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you're never going to satisfy all these people very much because you're going to drop the ball. You made two, let's say you had five, three may just absolutely love you. Two are on the sideline. Well, I promise you, you'll put one or two more on the sideline when you're all, before you're all said and done. Right. Because you'll be trying to work so hard to keep up with those people who aren't, you know, or on the sideline, mm-hmm. you know, that aren't, aren't your, uh, you know, biggest supporters, you know, because they're just not pleased because you haven't shown them the attention you should. So one of the benefits that we've had is that we've uh, stayed focused to our client, and that was Chevrolet and General Motors Corporation, mm-hmm. and realizing how much there is to, to that they offer, you know, you can never accomplish all there is that this, that's there. So why go try to do more? But that applies, too, I believe, in most anything that you try to do because the biggest thing is everybody wants more clients, more clients, more right. clients. Well, the more clients you get, the less attentive you can be to something. Now, obviously, there's a point where you've got to have enough to support yourself. Absolutely. And grow from that. But you grow. If you're going to grow, and most of us look at growth by finan- by how financially we've grown. Well, you know, you can grow financially by controlling your – you know, what you do and adding clients isn't going to actually, you know, is you can add dollars, but you may not add bottom line to the right. revenue because you've had to add more people, more of this, more of that, Absolutely. more headache to try to take care of it and add a pressure yourself. So if you work, if you're, if you want a company that you're going to enjoy to some degree, then you better make it still manageable by you any day you want it to be. What do you look for in employees? Because, Walking around today and being being introduced to some of your guys' employees, I mean, I met several of them that have been here for 20 years. I mean, that's almost the whole time you have been here. You Can know? I answer that? Or you answer you go, you go ahead. Well, what I think is is being personable with them, as I said earlier, mm-hmm. by uh, showing them that you're, you know, you care about them. Um, but what do you look for when you are hiring someone? Is one of the big questions that that I well, matter of fact, I ask a lot is I, I look for the loyalty answers. So you know, I, I try to find out, you know, where what they what what they what 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 they didn't like, the least that they liked where they worked for. Mm-hmm. As an example, is see how they fit with us in that category. If we're going to be somewhat of the same, or or if we're way different, you know, typically we are way different. Mm-hmm. But we're but so we look at uh, loyalty. That's one of the first things. I look at quality of how they are groomed and dressed when they walk in this door. Um, the person's walking up to the front door and putting a cigarette out, right? You know, as they're getting ready to enter. Right. Probably isn't my guy. Um, not having anything against smoking. I just don't think you ought to be having to have a cigarette between your car and my front door. Right. You know? Well, and it, it, not just that, but you're about to walk into an interview. Yeah. So, you know, that's there. Um, a person who, um, uh, can't look you in the eye when they answer your questions. They've got to look away every time they every time they they're asked a question. Their heads turn. Um, I look for people that are that are in self confidence mode. So I look at at their talk to them about their confidence, uh, what they would do in given situations. You know, they uh, simple stuff. Yeah, like stuff as in, you know, trying to find. And you can't. I don't ask you direct. I try to. I'm working around to find out. You know, if if. If you saw a problem in the bathroom, the men's bathroom, as in the faucet was leaking, right? You know, would you walk past that? Well, you you got to phrase that differently because when you ask it that way, they're going to say, "Well, of course I go tell somebody." Right? They're going right. to tell you what you want to hear. You got to you got to you got to word it so that you know, uh, basically, what would you do, but without them thinking you're leading in, that, right? If you understand what I'm trying to say, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm more in, I'm more in tune to their personable selves. And their quality of themselves, I'm not so worried about their ability to do that job necessarily. I'm going to teach them how to do that job. That's right. my responsibility or our people's responsibility here. I don't. We'll train you. We'll talk to you. We'll make you figure it out. The idea is first: Are you a part of our team, and will you stay a part of our team? Right. Am I going to train you and teach you? And let's say you already have experience and know what you're doing. Now, are you just using me as a stepping stone, or are you actually wanting to come here to live here? Right. To stay here. Because when I hire you, I expect you to be here. Right. So the, the way you got them now, it's up to me to maintain them. Right. I feel like I have failed, though. I've, you know that we've only had to fire one person here in 25 years. Wow. That's crazy. We've had very few ever quit, to your point. Um, 
you know, I want people to enjoy being here. You think about this, your employees and yourself spend more hours and time, you know, at work than yeah. they do actually with their family. Family. Because when they're at home, they're sleeping a big part of the time. The other time is goodbye in the morning and hello in the evening. Right. You know? And um and eat dinner and watch some TV and go back, go to bed. And then get them, come back, and start your day over. So those people have to have to like it when they're here. I don't want people grumbling behind my back. I don't like I don't like thinking they do it. Right. I don't want them to do it. And I won't stand for them to do it. Yeah. So if I find out this happened before, but we've 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 come across that. But we sit out right away with we'll them, talk to them, say, Hey, what's the deal? Why are, right. you, why are you saying what you're saying about, you know, you got a better idea, you got a better way? So typically they're, you know, it's it's normal. Sir, you know, they'll be like, Oh, well, I didn't beat nothing by it. Well, they quit it, you know. We just tell them right up front. But not being hard, they're still our friends. Right. If it's odd to say, but our employees are our friends. They're willing to do whatever it takes around here to do something. So when we were building this new building, finishing it up, it became an all-hands-on-deck to uncrate all this equipment that was shipped in here, which was four tractor-trailer loads, by the way, wow. and enough wood to build two houses, you know, that were screwed together and stapled together and strapped together and every other kind of thing right. together. And uh, hauling it off to dumps, heavy stuff. Hot outside as well, very hot. And uh, where I saws, saws, chainsaws, screwdrivers, axes, hammers, you name it, <laughs> you know, try to disassemble this crap. And then get it moved into the building and not let it get rained on. So the point of that say is this. We had everybody walk by was just jump in. You know, they just didn't walk on by and went on somewhere else. Right. Which they get easily done because they have other tasks. They're here to ship. They're here to embroider. They're here to do this. They're here right. to do that. So, you know, but still they stopped all that. They, their work still had to be done. So that means they had to stay longer in the evening. They had to come in earlier on their own. Nobody asked them to. We're just thankful that they were willing to jump in and help. Right. Because this stuff was hard, dangerous work. I mean, so so the point being is this, is that that the the whole aspect of their quality of an individual, their wanting to or want wanting to ness, if you will, the right way to try to say it, <laughs> their willingness to jump in and do things, you know, on their own. So you look for motivated people. You know, they're they're anxious to be here. And then as that as I said, it's up to us to keep them here yep. by treating them well. Yep, creating an environment that creating, they that's right. Creating an environment they enjoy. That's so, awesome. You know it's just simple stuff too, like the cooking out. I realize a lot of people can't go cook out somewhere. They don't even have the talent to cook. Right. You know, <laughs> I fortunately have the talent to cook what what I think people like. But I'm not dumb enough to go start a restaurant business, <laughs> right? So, Steve, you you said earlier, and and, I, and I've seen it for the last ten years of knowing you, over ten years, and um, you being in a truck driving from place to place. As many places have you as you've been to and through, do you have a favorite restaurant? I absolutely do. Really, Mitla Cafe. San Bernardino, California. I'll give a shout out to my boys back there, Billa. Is it's that been, is that the Mexican restaurant that you, and I that you to. took me to? Yeah, I begged you to go. I said because you were you were busy. Justin, have you ever been there? Stuff. Absolutely. Justin, do you remember the first time you went there? Because I just I, I, I want to put this in the perspective for everybody listening because. I don't know about you, but I mean, this place is not in the good part of town. Absolutely not. The very first time we stopped, <laughs> we got out the we got out of the car, almost stepped on a syringe and needle, right? And bullet casings. Your dad and took I, me that there. That is not a lie. That right. is a god honest truth. I, I we stepped out of the rental car. They got bars and there was, on the windows. There I know. Was a there was syringe and needle and bullet casings right there in the curb where I was putting my foot down. <laughs> so this place has been owned and operated by the same family. Since 1936, they're on Route 66 in San Bernardino, California. Colors are still the same on the outside of the building as they were in 1936. <laughs> the interior, the color of the building is same. They make everything from dead scratch. They're the most fabulous chili rianos, cheese enchiladas, beef Their enchiladas. The sauce was amazing. I'm going to start making you everybody ordered, hungry. I know. If, you, I ordered, if I recall, you ordered the beef burrito. I was trying to convince you to go out outside of your... Uh, Comfort zone. Comfort zone of Mexican food. Yeah. Because, you know, burritos are burritos, but the other stuff's pretty pretty interesting. But if I recall, you love that burrito. What they, when you delivered it, I better fact, I still have a picture of my photo. <laughs> Johnny John D's face just got, like, his eyes are popping out of his head. He started sweating, looking at the thing, going, I can't even believe how big I eat this thing. This is, but, it, you know, a lot of people serve these big face burritos now, but this deal was a real, real yeah. deal. And it wasn't, they didn't just make it big to make it big. 
They just made it good and big. Right, you know, right. But it had real has real pot roast in it, not the canned stuff, not the this, not the that. So you enjoyed it though. Yeah, you? yeah. It was amazing because it was, it, but it was cool too because when we walked in, I mean, it was like the king just walked in. I mean, they they loved you, and we had we had you know already a table set up and everything else. It was. It cool. wasn't funny though how they do there. They they knew I was in town. Yeah. Without knowing that I was in town by calling them or nothing like that. There we were at Fontana at the racetrack. So yep. they figured I might stop in there. Yep. So they didn't know what day or what day or, or afternoon or night. So they put a little table over there. They have this little reserve side. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They've used that though since I was a kid. I first started going there when I was in third grade. Really? And we got there like every weekend of our life. We would go there when I was growing up while while we lived in San Bernardino right. or California, Southern California area, which was, you know, several years, longest place we lived actually uh, growing up. But the, uh, so they would have this little reserve sign that sits on a little engraved Formica placket looking thing. You know, people have seen those way old school. Right, yeah. And uh anyway, put quite a funny deal. But so the 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 uh what I do when I go there though, I rotate the Chinese place I love <laughs> in there. So one night I go I go for lunch one day and Chinese, you know, back and forth, Chinese Mitla, Chinese Mitla, and I rotate them lunch and dinner. So I want to know, was that actually in a good place at one time? Well, yes. Oh, yeah. Everything on Route 66 <laughs> was a fabulous place at one time. You know, and it's still, it's not, I mean, it's not as bad as you make it out to be. I just, I'm, I'm Justin, not nervous. Was I nervous in the least? You weren't. I, I wasn't. He parked, he parked the car down the street, and <laughs> I looked at him. There's gang members walking by and stuff, and I just looked at him. I'm like, this is a joke. He never, he never would go back. Well, we always say that, you know, the good restaurants aren't in the great part of town. No, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. You have to go out of your comfort well, yeah, zone. Yeah, okay, the while. best barbecue I ever had in my life, Waco, <laughs> Texas, on the worst part of, you know, that side of town you yeah. could possibly be, and I'm not lying to you. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, it's called Little Korea. That's okay. what they call it. That's how bad it is, you know. And uh, <laughs> the best food in Nashville is in some of the worst, yeah. rest of roughest parts of right. Nashville. Right, yeah. You know, and... I love food, though. Steve, you said you were a, a racer, and I saw down in your man cave, there was a picture of you drag racing a boat. And this boat was, it looked like it had to have been like a 14 or 16-footer, if that, with a huge engine on it. What possessed you to ever get behind the wheel of a boat? You know what? It's like all of the stuff that you like to race. If you like to race, you like to race. So it doesn't matter what's boat, cars, motorcycles, lawnmowers. You know, mm-hmm. you just want to race them. So... Uh, like Dale Earnhardt used to say too, he said, you know, or his friend said was that, uh, you know, he'd race you to the water fountain. That's how much right. you like to race. So, you know, it's the same thing with, with, with all of us that like to race. So to, what got me there was this, we had moved recently married. Uh, I'd raced all those cars before I was married and recently married, kind of got away from all that stuff for a little bit and had a daughter, um, uh, so we're living in California, moved back to Southern California, now I'm on my own, and um service manager at Lamb Chevrolet in National City, California. And a lot of the, the Colorado River is really popular. Everybody wanted to go to the Colorado River. So all these people had um, um, bat or uh, ski boats that were jet drive ski boats, you know, or then there was, they were loud. They had motors, V8 motors, they had headers, you know, out the top. Right. But they were a family ski boat. With a big, you know, his big loud motor, so I'm looking at those, say, "Hmm, that look pretty cool." So I got that. Well, next thing I know, you know, Tammy's like, "A boat, really, Steve? We really need a boat." And I said, "Yeah, we really, yeah, we need a boat." But I had, I had alternative ideas about it already, you know. Right. So I get a four seater passenger boat, you know, and, and uh, it's a pickle fork eliminator is what it's called. I build this big motor for it, 570 cubic inch, uh, big block motor with with uh, with well, it came with a regular 454. Well, she didn't know at the back of the shop at Lamb Chevrolet, I was building a motor for the boat down there, even though the boat had a good motor in it. Yeah. So I'm building this motor. Me and Jack Manchester, he worked at Cryer Cam, so he's making his big trick camshaft for it and all this trick stuff. So we got a tunnel ram with two uh, 1150 Dominator Audi carburetors on it, you know, and all this stuff. So I take the boat to work, and I put the boat motor in the boat. I bring it home. She goes, what in the world are we going to do with that big old motor sticking out of the boat? This thing is just huge. <laughs> that motor had to be had to weigh more than the boat. No, no, no. This is my family ski boat, the limiter. The next one did. So I'm coming to that. <laughs> so so I, I uh, 
uh, take her to the river. We go, Amber, my daughter, and her. We go to the river. Oh, it is funny. It was boat loud. Bar, bar, really, that would take off. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fast boat, too, but with a big old heavy boat. Yeah. I think, hmm, this thing would be really fast, getting lighter. So next thing you know, I sneak all the seats out of the boat. It's all there. as it was a seat. The seats were heavy. So I get out of one seat. Hmm, let's go to the drag race and see what this thing does. So we take it to the boat drags at uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Firebird Raceway. Yep. We're yep. living in San Diego at the time. So go over there and, um, you know, it races and it runs a pretty good speed. And, um, but it's not, a, I mean, this boat's heavy. So I'm thinking, well, I need to get something faster than I built all this bigger boat, bigger motor. So I decided, well, I'll just buy me a full blown race boat. <laughs> I'll figure out how to haul them around the river, <laughs> the race boat. So here's the end of the day. I have a, a crusader boat built that I told him I didn't want the hull to weigh more than 300 pounds empty. And so, it would have a single seat. It would sit out in the middle of the of the sponsor, and I would sit down, and the motor would be right, you know, right straight behind me back here. And so now it's got a steering wheel, it's got a tachometer, and it's got a single seat made out of aluminum, <laughs> and it's got no, and it weighs three hundred pounds plus the motor and the, yeah. and the and the the stringers and stuff that that hold the engine in. So this boat doesn't weigh anything. And to your point, now the motor does weigh a lot more than the boat, <laughs> and uh, so. I bring it home, and she's like, well, what the world are we going to do with this thing? And I said, we're going to have fun with it, be drag racing all weekend long everywhere we go. So we take it down, and and, uh, and so we go to the river, and I, I I have to put two five-gallon gas cans in with me because it only had a three-gallon uh, can or take it, and the motor we use about a, uh, two gallons every quarter mile, you know. It's just sucking. It's like toilet bowls, I mean, those big carburetors. Right, know? yeah. So – I get in there, put that. I put an ice chest. I put her holding my daughter, and let, we just idled up the river, find a sandbar, dump all them out. And I just raced for beer all the rest of the weekend. And that, you know that was a big deal, though. Everybody went sandbar and hung out, and so all the all the other women were there too, while their husbands acting the fool. You have, but I, I, I back to that boat though. I yeah. set an unblown fuel jet record with that boat. Really? Yep. Yeah. How fast? Nitrous oxide. Back then, uh, 114 miles an hour was fast. Wow. And that did is 114.93. And a quarter mile? Quarter mile was nitrous oxide. But on a jet boat, you had you had all it could get an eighth of a mile. Right. I mean, you know, you didn't need to go a quarter. It was in, it's instant. Wow. You know, like an electric car today, you know. You've said several times that you know you worked and you're around Dale Earnhardt and those of us that know racing knows that he is. You know, mm-hmm. besides, uh, he was a man's man. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, he was he was a great guy, but he was he's a celebrity to others, yeah. a friend to some, a celebrity yeah. to others. Yep. Yeah. Who are some of the other celebrities that you've been around? Paul uh, Newman, really? Back in the day, no I was kidding. In sixth grade, um, I was there. Is when, there a picture of Paul Newman and your dad? There is right, down right, right above the door shop. now because yeah. you just hung that. They were today. test driving sixty nine and a half Camaros and Z twenty eights and um not I'm sorry SS Z twenty eight Camaros and the new Corvette with the uh, back then they had the big block motors we yeah. talked about and um let's see I met uh, Clint Eastwood once really I've met. Um, Gosh, you asked me a question. You know what? I look at celebrities. I've met a lot of them, honestly, but I, I look at them as just being one of us. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm, not a, I'm not eat up with celebrityism at all. I don't even think about it. One could sit down with me today, and we'd be just like we're sitting there talking right now, you know? Right. Try to become friends or not, or whatever it's going to be. But um, I look at them as just individuals. I think the biggest celebrities I've been, if you want a celebrity person, to tell you the truth, my dad. Yeah. Without, without people right he was a true celebrity in his own right too. yeah absolutely people people couldn't wait for him to be around yeah another celebrity was his dad my papa he was a he worked at rich equipment company that said general managers old dynamite uh back hose drag line all that stuff and oil field work out in uh, texas and uh where he was a celebrity was that he was just flat out funny he yeah he, he could tell more crap than texan <laughs> you ever met he loved barbecue like I did. But I tell you who, talk about Dale Earnhardt, though, right quick. Um, even though he was a man's man, he had a heart as huge as you can imagine. He made you earn everything you ever got from him. But if you were a child or you were a person who was in need, you know he, he would be there for you. Justin was a great example of that. Whenever Justin was a, a little boy and we were working there, he would take Justin. I would come out to his car shop, race car shop, to work on Dale Junior Street stock cars. Okay, and I was responsible for Junior Street stock cars, getting them to the racetrack every weekend, bring them back home, and uh, what was left of them. 
and then and <laughs> and, uh, and and work on them through the week, you know. And um, while we were doing that, Dave, if Justin came out there with me, he'd take Justin with him, and they get on the the golf cart or get on the mule, and meaning John Deere mule, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> right, and, you know, ride all around the farm. And look at stuff. He knew where every baby rabbit was. He knew where every baby chicken was. He knew where everything was on that farm. And where where he would take Justin and go show him all the pieces. And he did it often. And so Justin really enjoyed it. He just mm-hmm. didn't he didn't even know who Dale R. No, really was. He no, just, he's just another guy to me. Another <laughs> another friend. And Dale Jr., you know, I interview him all the time and he says the exact same thing. My dad made me earn everything. Yep. Everything. Well, I tell you how much you made us earn it. Or whatever he needed a tire, well, he needed a tire for that old junky ass street stock car we had. I'm talking about junk. Uh, he, 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 Smiley Tire was there in Concord, North Carolina. He tells he, we say, well, we need a new right rear or something like that, or left rear. And, and Dale say, just go get one from Smiley. And like Smiley, go give it to us. Right. So it was my job to go convince Smiley to give us a damn tire. <laughs> Smiley's in the tire business, to sell tires. He ain't there to give tires away, you know. Yeah. And uh. And Dale, because of being Dale, he just he did he did that. Where he grew up, he didn't get, you know, he had to go get stuff for free right. for people by convincing them because he didn't have any money. Right. And so and he wasn't about to give us money to go buy a tire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the way it was. And I'll tell you uh, the last thing about that. So I'm not having to, to earn it, you know. Uh like when I would take the boys to the races, which I was part of my responsibility, mm-hmm. he'd give me a hundred dollar bill. That's all he gave me. It, it, the boys would take three or four friends with them, you know? And, I mean, everybody had to buy pit passes and all this other stuff. And they weren't a lot of money. It was about 15 apiece. Right. You know, so probably about 15 apiece. Everybody got a root beer and a hot dog, you know, and uh, and paid me to get in and take care of the car all weekend long. I was in the hole for about 20 bucks, you know? <laughs> and they'll never offer to reimburse me. Do you have a great story that, that you always like to tell about business, your dad, family? Uh, I, again, there's a lot, so it's hard just to recall right right quick, you know, the, the best of the best. So I think that, that uh, without trying to be funny, you know, we talked about my dad earlier and starting business and, and going forward. You know, one of the things that he um, was always good about was giving giving great advice, you know. And uh, he didn't make it as far up in life as he did without, you know, knowing something. Mm-hmm. And I was a tough case to deal with because um, I was, uh, you know, very independent of my own in my own way and wanted to do things. And, and anything Dad said, I wanted, you know, I was be, be opposite. Right. But I learned over the years not to be that way, um, especially with him anymore because of what he gained, you know, what he gained in notoriety as well as um, his ability to, to run car companies and whatnot. So – the uh, the story that I I'll say is this though is that this isn't, doesn't involve business. This is involving no. uh, growing, you know, getting grown up. Yeah. So we we recently built a new home out here. We've had you know enough enough time under our belt with this company and success. And and I will say this too, there was a probably ninety percent of the people that knew me and knew my family and my dad, people personnel. Didn't give us three years total to ever make it in this business. Really? Ever be, no, we wouldn't last. Because um, it wasn't going to be enough strength to support anybody. If nothing else, it was going to be a business that just supported me. Right. You know, and Tammy and her family, you know. Uh, but never grow into be anything more than that. Be basically about your own job, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, but I always do different. I wanted to prove different. So that's another thing. You have to have the tenacity when you're going to have a business to want to prove different. Right, yeah. Um, so we built this home, and it's a nice home. And so people in our neighborhood were curious, you know, as to you know, who these people are who build this house, you know, and want to come over and see it and sneak around. Come up with all kinds of crazy-ass <laughs> excuses, knock on the front door, you know, instead of bringing you cookies, you know, just wanted to stop in and ask you if they see the chandelier they see hanging in the window. <laughs> so the uh, my dad shows up, and um, he looks around. He goes, huh. He said, I knew it was going to be nice, but I didn't know it was going to be this nice. So... <laughs> So, and, you know, and he had a lot of nice places. He'd been retired. He was older at that yeah. point. You know, he's in his mid-70s. So the uh, so he could get away with saying stuff, you know. So I laughed about it. But then that very day, uh, about two hours later, one of our nosy neighbors from the neighborhood decided to come in and wanted to say hi, you know, introduce himself. <laughs> and while they're introducing himself, they're all looking around. You know, they're trying to look around all through the route. You see what's behind you. 
So this guy comes in and he says, he says, uh, my name's so-and-so and, and, um, and just want to tell you, welcome. You have a beautiful home here. And he said, you know, we're all happy that you're, you're here on the boulevard and you have the type of house we like to see this long house and all that kind of thing. He said, but by the way, he said, you mind if I ask you what you do for a living? And I said, truck driver. <laughs> and, uh, the guy goes, really truck driver, huh? My dad says, look at him. He goes, he's the highest paid truck driver in America. <laughs> <laughs> With pride. <laughs> I love that. And, uh, Cause you know, I, that's, that's what, you know, you always say is so, I guess with that too is that never be so prideful to to you know talk about owning a business or want to be in business is walk around bolstering how you're the owner you're the president you're this you're that you know my business cards had never included my title mm-hmm. I never put my title on her I just had my name and my you know how to contact me and even my cell number so um you know it, it's it's there's a way to there's a way to go into business operate a business keep a business that is remain human remain prideful you know or, or not show, let your pride override humble you know what you are be humble um keep your nose down and work hard every day and enjoy the enjoy the fruits of your labor later in life but it isn't going to come tomorrow it's not going to come the next day that's and one anybody, thing I've always... anybody that tells you that or thinks you're going to be so strong and so great you're probably going to lose yeah Stephen, that's one thing that um for the, for the listeners that don't understand yeah you see them as a as a successful businessman now but i mean you still drove the trucks you would have a couple of people helping you sell the t-shirts but you'd still be out there every single weekend absolutely i mean that was the big big deal is to be the face of face of your company yeah. you know and, and not not again it goes back to what i said earlier about people get start businesses and i'm not running down everybody no sell this way but there there's a good way to do this so there's mm-hmm. a fun way to do it right but you got to pay your dues first and if dues aren't paid one year two years three years they're That's paid right. a lot of years exactly you know? and um i told you that story today about our first embroidery machine with four heads on it and susan and rolled like, in how the are we door. gonna pay for this susan rolled the door i looked at my wife and said we're gonna go broke we're done <laughs> we're not gonna be able to pay for this thing right. papers are gonna be too much and uh and you know and, and it may well i said we'll never keep it busy now we got six machines and we and we need more, right? You know, it just it's crazy, you know. I mean, um, but that growth came by us working hard. It didn't come and del- you know diligently. Mm-hmm. It didn't come by just going adding more and more and more people. We grew within within ourselves. We grew internally. We grew by doing I think things smart, right? And that is by becoming our own best customer. So. You know, if you're in a business that, that creates product that delivers to other people, how do you how do you become the first user and the end user? You know, I mean, of the same product, and so, um, you know, and then not only that, if you're if you're working for a client, how big is your client? How much can you get out of the client? Is at the end of the day with that one individual you're talking to there, is there not ten other people there that you right. can be talking with, and maybe do this program, that program, and so on and so forth. So that stuff's earned, and it's earned by delivering, you know, on time, um, staying up all night, you know, working all day, you yep. know, taking care of this stuff, you know. I talked about my wife earlier, and she recovered well and wind up working her way in the business for free because <laughs> uh, I couldn't pay her. And <laughs> and um, then she wound up, you know, getting this GM corporate client and, and just basically, you know, graduating her up, way up through this thing. Learn her way as she went. Didn't know anything about that business. She was a housewife. She raised the kids while I did the regular jobs. Right. Prior to this. So she wanted to get herself involved and immersed. Well, you know, the the, thing, the next thing you know, we're dealing with the China, China, you know, delivery stuff. Stay up all night long, work China, come to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning, get back up at 8 o'clock, start working the client, you know, in Detroit. Yeah. You know, it was just the cycle that went. And for years... Years and years. When I was on the road, she was here at the office. So I would talk to her. I'd be driving at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 2 in the morning. I'd call her up, say, I guess you're still up. Yep, here at the office. You know, she's still working right here by herself. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I literally I literally have to wrap this up, but I, I want to know one thing, one thing, just because um, how did you meet your wife? Oh, you don't want to know that, do you? Really? <laughs> well, <laughs> no. It's a uh, quick, funny story. Yeah, I was. I had a. I had a roommate, Jeff Mayfield, 
in Houston, Texas. I was working for Chevrolet Motor Division at the mm-hmm. time, so we did. You know, we went through a little of this career path, and I've been. I did other stuff. I actually worked for General Motors right. Chevrolet as a field as a field service rep in Houston. Um, Jeff and I shared an apartment. His best or his ex girlfriend, who was trying to get back with him from Memphis, wanted to come see him. She surprised visited. Tammy came along for moral support. <laughs> she already had a boyfriend and had a had a potentially fiance. She comes. I'm at a Houston Astro baseball game. I come home that night, and Tammy's there, and her friend and Jeff. They are all asleep in different locations. Right. Tammy happened to be in my bed. <laughs> And so I, I I come in, and you know I'd been out, been hanging with the guys. You know, I'm, in, yeah. I'm only 22 years old. You right. Know? So I walk in, and next thing I know, comes storming up out of my room, goes, "You can't, you're not going in there." I said, "That's my bedroom." She goes, "I'm staying there tonight." I'm like, "Well, who in the hell are you?" <laughs> so you know, she goes, "I'm gonna, t- I'll tell you tomorrow, but I'm a friend of Jeff's friend." And I said, "Okay." She wasn't a friend of Jeff. Yeah. So. We all, I sleep on the couch. She brings me out a blanket. She found a blanket in my closet, I guess, threw a blanket out there. <laughs> Slept on the cl- uh, the couch. I get up next morning. We all introduce, figure out who's who. So that night we're going to go out for uh, dinner. Right. And we're going to go to the Hofbrau Steakhouse in Houston, Texas. So we go there, and she doesn't even like me. She ain't even looking at me. You know, and this other chick's trying to get Jeff, his old ex-girlfriend. He don't want her. He's wanting Tammy. <laughs> it's just all this big go-around, you know. So I'm sitting there. And I finally, you know, just gave up on talking to her anyway. You know, I just want to drink beer and eat steak. We'll go <laughs> do something. So we saw we go to Mickey Gillies afterwards. Oh, wow. Pasadena, Texas. Yeah. And uh, largest honky-tonk in the United States of America. Yeah. So we go there, and I've got my, you know, cowboy hat on, my boots, all my cool stuff. And, and uh, you know, I'm a native Texas boy, so I know what's going on. And at the time, um, uh, whatever movie that was uh, with John Travolta, Urban Cowboy. Oh, yeah, Urban that Cowboy. Was big and hot, yeah. so everybody was all about Pasadena, Mickey Gillies, yeah. you know. We were all, we were naturals, you know. So we go in there, and, and uh, <laughs> I asked her to dance. She ain't going to dance with me. She goes, I already told you I had a boyfriend. It may be going to be have be a fiancé. I was like, I don't give a Whatever. So, so she so I said, all right, do whatever. I said, you're from Memphis, Tennessee. You ain't ever coming back around here again. So I go, I just decide I go to the bathroom. I go to pee. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking across the room, dance floor, and I'll be, I'm just telling you the truth, right here as I'm sitting here, I feel a tap on my shoulder. I turn around, and it's her. She goes, I'll dance with you now. I have no reason as to why, <laughs> but I'll, but for all night, she hadn't paid me one second of attention, hadn't thought I was interested, hadn't thought I was funny. Probably wasn't. And so and, <laughs> and, uh, and so we, 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 we dance, and the song that was coming on, she caught right in between songs. Ernest Tubb, the Traction's Troubadour, was playing live that night on stage at Mickey Gillies, Pasadena, Texas. Wow. And they played Waltz My Heart Across Texas. was really? the song that was played. So we're, we're dancing. I'm thinking, well, this is kind of ironic. Waltz My Heart Across Texas. <laughs> Chicken just been. So uh, we get back on the side. So, so what do you, you want to dance with before she goes? Because Jeff was kind of hitting on me and and. You know, and he's supposed to be with his other <laughs> girlfriend. And she goes, I was just uncomfortable. I said, okay, cool. So that next, so, you know, we go back to the, to the place. The next day, they're leaving. I said, hey, I tell you what, I'm going to fly to Memphis to see you next weekend. She goes, you're not flying to Memphis to see me. <laughs> and you got to remember, so we had no cell phones, no way to get a hold of each other. You know, I mean, yeah, you had to call the house phone. Right. And uh, and I don't even know if we had record. Yeah, we did. We had answer machine recorders back then, little tapes. So. I fly in. I don't even know her address. I fly in, and uh, and she. I told her, I said, I'm flying in. This is like three days earlier. She goes, no, no you're not. She answered, actually answered the phone because you get to have caller ID. Right. So you had to answer the phone. Everybody has a phone. Not today you don't answer the phone, but you had to right. answer it then. So, they, uh, so I said, I'm flying in. She goes, no, you're not, and this and that. And I said, well, I'm going to need you for you to pick me up. So uh, <laughs> might have been those reasons she was able to answer the phone because I got to the airport, and I called her on the phone. Pay phone, and she has a phone. So I'm like, okay, well, I didn't put two and two together that she might have really been waiting for me to call. Right. So I, she picks up, she comes and gets me. She is mad though, mad. She is because <laughs> you know she has a boyfriend. She's supposed to be going on a date that night. Here I am, and I got nowhere to stay because I tell her I'm saying your part. I get sleep on your couch. Right. So uh, we go through all that rigor roar. Well, you know we get friendlier. So so next day I know. The phone's ringing, and she ain't answering the phone because she knows it's her boyfriend. Right. 
And so this guy's name is Guy. But a name for a guy. So <laughs> he comes over and he knocks on the door. She goes, That's him. And I said, That's fine. Me. Now, she doesn't even know me. She met me the weekend before. <laughs> right. You know, and now I'm sitting in her living room and I'm in Texas living. Texas. She lives in Memphis. So she goes, I don't know what to do. I said, Hell, I'll go answer the door. So I go up and answer the door. He goes, Look at me. He goes, Who are you? I said, I'm Steve Perkins. Who are you? <laughs> he said, I guy, whatever his last name was now, I can't remember. I go, I go, Oh, you must be Tammy's boyfriend or was. He goes, what do you mean, was? I've been dating her for two years. I said, I don't think you are anymore. <laughs> and, I, and, and he said, he said, you know, so he looked at me all kind of bowed up. My kind of bowed up, you know, like, what, which way are we going to go? Yeah. You know, going to fall off these stairs or what? You know, because she lives in a park on second story. <laughs> you know, and all was asphalt, park lot below. <laughs> right. I think it was somebody going to fly on this thing. <laughs> so, so the uh, so we, we get all squared up, you know, and then he just finally just like, forget it. So so the door you know she didn't come to the door and uh, i said well i guess your boyfriend is gone i would run him off <laughs> and how long you've been married now 38 years 38 years yeah wow that's so awesome she made it through the cancer and and uh we were kept the business together during that period of time that was hard, hard those were hard years yeah. and i'll tell you i figured we can survive that we can't survive anything yeah. you know through the hardest of hard you know and, and um and there's there's that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know yeah. it's it's after two hours now, <laughs> so this is great. I told you the time would fly with us. So, guys, well, I can't thank you enough. You know, Justin, Steve Perkins, Cruising Sports. I can't thank you guys enough for coming here and hanging out on the Outstanding Life podcast. I appreciate you telling your story and Justin, you sharing your stories. And I'm looking forward to when you get this uh, place all done in your man cave completely done that's a man we'll, shop that's we'll, that's, well yeah it's not even a man that's cave a, it's a man, a man shop, shop. Uh, we'll be back and we'll do another couple episodes uh, with you guys it's incredible how many cars you said is going to fit in there well we've got to figure out how to get a, a night in there at least but, <laughs> that but number keeps a, growing yeah. I think like two Justin months ago it was eight sweating. he's like oh man do we have room to, to, to keep well, going here I guess we could just add on again right <laughs> Well, again, this is Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy with this week's Outstanding Life podcast with Justin and Steve Perkins from Cruise and Sports. And again, don't forget you can listen to the Outstanding Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud, as well as Player FM. This is Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling all of you, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. We'll see you next time on the Outstanding Life podcast. Outstanding Life is a Soul Bridge Studio production.